and welcome to the Next Gen Enterprise Podcast Series, brought to you by Hollow Spirit. My name is Anna Nienke, and in this podcast series, I will talk to all those who are doing the future of work. These pioneers and experts will share their successes, their best practices, but also their failures and any interesting lessons they've learned. So we hope this podcast will be an inspiration to all those on their journey towards a new way of working. Also, don't forget to mark your calendar for March 26th and 27th of 2020 and book yourself a ticket to Paris because we'd love to see you at the Next Gen Enterprise Summit organized by Maeve, Manpower, Octo Technology and Hollow Spirit. Visit thenextgenenterprise.com for more information and tickets and I hope to meet you there. Thanks for tuning in today and um, yeah, let's get started with today's guest. I'm back here today with Tom van der Lubbe. He is co-founder of Fizi, which is a mortgage company in the Netherlands. Um, Tom, welcome back. Thank you very much. And um, today I would very much like to continue the conversation about uh, rewards and salaries. It's um, it's interesting what you've been what you've been doing at Fizi. Um, you have transparent salaries now. You have been working on that for a while, and um, I'm very curious to learn more about. Um, well, also what what made you want to make your <laughs> salaries transparent? Uh, yeah, it's a long uh, it's a long process. Uh, so to start with, uh, we were working on this. I think also three, perhaps even four years now. I'm not quite sure. But we didn't uh, tell a lot about it until now. Yeah, we had uh, quite some uh, newspaper articles, but we didn't uh, tell that much about it. And the starting point was that we knew that when we implemented uh, yeah, decentralized structures or holacracy, that in the end, if you abolish functions uh, or also think about leadership in a totally different way, you have to uh, change your salary model. So that, that was the starting point. So when we implemented holacracy, we knew we have to take care of our salary model as well. That was the starting point. Yeah, wow. Because now, indeed, you don't work with job titles. You have um, role descriptions. Um, uh, you work in a, in a role structure. Um, and you also have this thing um, called elected le- leadership. So you've elected leadlings. Um, h- how did you get started with this? What was your inspiration? Um, yeah, there are there are let's say different different starting points. So on the one hand, uh, we always have a very scientific approach. So first we we try to read all the academic literature, and one of the things was first to think, okay, what's very important for people from one from the principle which we call people first. So for us, it's always our own people first, client comes second, and and then the shareholder. And the overall goal of the company is that we want to be a purposeful uh, company and we have a double purpose. We want to change the world of finance and we want to way do we work, so the working space. So that's that's the way the company is organized. And if you start with your own people and if you talk about salaries, you start the starting point is, okay, what's important for people when they work somewhere? And just to take, let's say, the normal starting point, if you take the Maslow, pyramid and you talk about safety or security there are mainly two starting points people want to have security they want to know what do i earn and 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 i'm uh, am i allowed to stay in this company uh and and what's my perspective um and and that was the starting point so we said okay there must be a kind of security 
But if you, for instance, also talk about uh, cooperation in teams, you have another starting point where you say, what's safety? F do you feel safe to give each other feedback if you talk about horizontal structures? So the other goal was to say, we have to take care of this safety. So, so there shouldn't be any financial effect if I give feedback in my, in my teams. So we ended up by splitting performance and salary. So there's no link at all between performance and salary. And then we started just to investigate what kind of models do you have. And then you end up, and then you also go back into history that in most, let's say countries or centuries, you had a kind of model where you start and then based on experience, you get more the longer you are in the company and also has to do something with loyalty. So we ended up with a kind of structure which is a little bit comparable that if you work for state or universities or uh, university hospitals, etc., where you just start somewhere and then you earn every year, you earn more. So the starting point, um, you say, was, was a lot about also about safety. Um, you you started comparing models. What what kind of uh, models did you um, compare? Yeah. So th th this this first thing I just described is more let's say academic approach, and then we wanted to put this academic knowledge into practice, and then we start with a lot of companies just do they put all the salaries, take a big Excel sheet, and they say okay who is working in the company, what do they earn, and and, and what's your, what do they do actually, what kind of work do they do, and then we hired Hayes. And uh, it's a company which is, uh, does, does this kind of reward uh, structures. And we just wanted to find out, let's do a kind of old analytics and just put all those people in the Excel sheet and just see what kind of link is there, what they are doing. So that was just a kind of basic analysis. And then we said, okay, what would they earn when they would work in another company doing the same work? And that's also something which a lot of companies or HR departments do if they just want to have an idea what do we pay and what do our competitors or what would our people earn when they would work somewhere else so that was a starting point from a practical point of view and then we sh then we said okay just just we should try to make it as simple as possible so we said okay we have four or five teams uh, what would be the development of a salary if somebody would start let's say with 25 in our company and just let's assume that we have in the end a very big company and somebody stays for 40 years. So what will be the starting point when people enter the company and what would be the last salary if somebody is 65? And then we started to develop those, those curves and say, okay, uh, let's just compare an advisor. What is the salary of an advisor when somebody starts to work in a bank? with an academic background, uh, graduates, and what is somebody earning when he leaves the bank with 65. And then we just made those curves. And then we, we did this more or less for every department. So also for the IT department, uh, for people who do the back office uh, work for the mortgages. And, and then, then we took all those curves. And then we just took our own people and and just try to put bullets on those curves and said, okay, somebody is working for 10 years, has 10 years of experience, 
is this actual salary exactly on this curve or is it is it below or above this curve does it has to be adjusted so that's still a pretty theoretical mm -hmm. thing which which let's say there is not a conversation going on at that moment with the people who earns this salary or it doesn't have to be so that was that was the practical uh, model and then and then you have a kind of differences because then you have those people who are above or below the curves and then you have a discussion okay what will you do how do you adjust uh, those curves so were there a lot of people who were above or below that curve um, the, 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 the big advantage was that we started when we were pretty small. So I think at that point we're 20 people. So, so, uh, and they're all pretty young. So, so we didn't have the complexity of having big deltas or, 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 or big differences between the salary and the curse. Uh, so, and That's almost lucky. Uh, no, it's not lucky because we knew that if we would do this very early, It's the same with radical transparency. When you start putting everything, uh, let's say, on the internet, and you do this with five people, uh, then you don't have a discussion uh, because everybody who enters the company accepts this that, right. this that this is the culture. If you have to discuss afterwards with 500 people, if you put stuff, uh, let's say, on the website, uh, uh, and 500 people start discussing if that makes sense or not, then it becomes a very difficult discussion, especially with salaries. So then we said, okay, um, let's ask people, let's open up this kind of Excel model with the salaries on those curves and ask the people two questions. What do you think of your salary? Are you happy with it? Or do you think you are not enough or too much? That was the first question. And the other question was, and it was split from each other. Uh, Afterwards, we opened up the whole model, but it was split. And then we asked the question, what do you think of the salaries of your colleagues? Do you see any adjustments? Do you think this colleague should earn more or less? Wow. That sounds like it could um, really bring up some tensions, maybe. Yeah, yeah, there were tensions and it was very interesting. Uh, we, we, we call them speed dates, but perhaps to, 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 to explain it a little bit uh, Uh, simple. Um, the funny thing is that that most people um, um, were pretty happy with the salaries, but that also has to do, and that's something which is extremely important. Uh, and I forgot to tell this: is that we decided from the beginning that we said the basic principle of the salary model is that we, as a company, um, uh, make a salary model where we tell our people that we give them the guarantee that they are in the highest quartile of the salary model. So that means if somebody has a graduation, let's say studied economics, that we say, we think we have excellent people. We are willing to pay them in the highest 25% of their peer group. Mm. So it's not, we are such a cool company, you earn less than if you would work in another company. No, we want to, We don't want to lose people who are intrinsically motivated uh, because of money. So we are willing to pay the highest salaries. That doesn't mean that there aren't any people who earn, let's say, more. But these are individual cases. But in general, people know that we are a company with a high payment culture, high salaries. So 
the starting point was that most people said, or nearly everybody said, I'm totally fine with it. And then this, the second part of asking everybody, what do you think of all the salaries which, which are transparent now? There were two tensions, and it was very funny. There was one tension of a colleague, uh, Dan, who uh, has the same amount of experience like Mark Peter, who is in the IT department. And, uh, and Dan said, uh, I don't understand why Mark Peter earns as much as I do, uh, because he's in the IT department and I'm, I'm, I'm the, the financial planner or the advisor. And the funny thing is that they have the same age. And, the f and then you also talk about tensions. They sit together, because Mark Peter also has the role compensation architect mm -hmm. uh, with me and uh, Esme, so we're three colleagues who have this role. And then Mark Peter explained that the salary was totally accurate because his skills and his knowledge is kind of scarcity and is as, let's say, as important as what people are willing to pay for an advisor. So, because this is all fact-based, then in the end you can just say to an advisor, this is the curve of people who work with this kind of skills in, in IT or social media or whatsoever, what kind of, of, of topics are solved in this team. Uh, and we, and he probably even said, if you just see for the future, it even could be that the salaries of people with IT skills and social media and this kind of stuff uh, have a tendency to even get much higher. And perhaps for advisors, we really don't know if there would be a kind of adjustment in, let's say, in a, in a, in a negative way. And then it was solved, but it was, it was a tension, it was put on the table, it was discussed, and there was this kind of mutual agreement, everything is fine for us both. But I think it's also nice that you have the possibility of saying, why is my colleague earning so much money? I really don't get it. I can imagine that when you ask people, are you satisfied with your salary? Maybe they answer with, yeah, I'm pretty uh, satisfied until they see what their colleagues yeah. are earning. And then all of a sudden like, hey, um, I don't understand why yeah. uh, my colleague is earning more or less than. Uh, than yeah, and, the, and the biggest tension, and that was in a way also very interesting and nice, is that uh, Esme, who's working since a long time for our company, um, was seen by nearly any colleague that he should earn more. And, yeah. and the reason was because her, her, her job or her, let's say, her roles had changed during all those years. Uh, uh, let's say more or less moving from one team to another team with another salary curve. And then it was adjusted and it was a, a pretty big difference. Um, but everybody said, no, Esme should earn more. Mm -hmm. And it also yeah. was solved. So in the end it was okay and there were some smaller adjustments uh, afterwards um, which is also interesting to tell that in the beginning we thought that advisors who have let's say work experience um, we put them on the curve let's say they have six or eight years work experience and then we find out in practice that that there was a lot of tension of people entering the company with work, let's say, with a lot of work experience, but in the end are not able to deliver in comparison to much younger people. Mm. And then it was adjusted. Uh, 
and that's 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 the status quo at this moment that if somebody enters the company and wants to become for instance advisor and has no real relevant work experience somebody starts at the beginning of the curve yeah. so if somebody has worked let's say five years in a corporate but has no relevant work experience for the advisor job uh, and we'll start with a colleague who just comes from university they earn more or less the same salary that also has been an adjustment You also mentioned that um, now when comparing salaries between two people of the same age with the same work experience, one was higher than the other, um, that that was also because of um, a certain skill set that was scarce. So does your salary model still take that into account? Uh, it, it, let's say for the, for the different teams, uh, yes, in that way that we just take, let's say, the general salaries which are paid for certain jobs and eh? the example I took advisors versus people who have an IT background but we did something let's say different and that's totally different from all the other salary models we we saw and also has to do a little bit with our culture we just said let's say from a more philosophical ethical point of view just let us assume that everybody has the same relevance for the company let's say on this still on this curve of let's say having less or more experience, mm -hmm. but we don't differentiate. So we don't say if somebody has five years of work of, uh, experience, like you have, for instance, in the Barda model or other models, that you say somebody is more advanced and etc. Because we say we really don't know if, if people have a different contribution to, to, let's say, the company, which also has to do with our structure. So the more roles you have and the more, let's say, way of peer culture you have, where you, let's say, assume that people in the teams themselves find out together who's most suited for what role, and all roles are equally important. So also this idea of the lead link is not, let's say, paid more for the lead link role. Mm -hmm. It's just somebody who, let's say, does this role or takes this role for a certain period of time it's seen that other people also should be able to do this. Uh, and let's split up roles as much as possible to see that from a point of, let's say, view that everybody is doing exactly the things where the strengths are, all the problems are solved. That's something where we don't make a difference. So um, the interesting thing is that also the acceptance for teamwork is pretty high. People, the only thing if you take uh, science is that people don't want to have people who make a mess of the structure or don't take their responsibility. So, so it's, not, it's not a problem that, that uh, people, people are equally paid if they have the same work experience. Uh, it's very important that you have a safe culture that people can give each other, let's say, feedback on a peer-to-peer -peer basis, uh, that if there are tensions, uh, they are solved and then you hope it will be solved in a way that you discuss uh, if there is a role fit or not. You're, you're touching a little bit more on the um, on role fit now. Um, you say you really split uh, rewards and performance. Um, so on the performance part, how do you now um, find the right person with the right skills for, for the right role? Um, 
It's not so difficult because let's say people, I, I, I just take the advisors as an example because then, then it's, it's, I think it's, it's easier to understand the whole structure. What for instance you see is for instance advisors, they have a certain um, client types and they start with simple clients and there are budgets and there are revenues and the funny thing is that if you take an Excel uh, sheet and you just let's say have all the advisors and you have the amount of years they work they all follow the all the revenue curve so so the funny thing is that we are just able to let's say to grow our own people and they're they all have more or less afterwards the same productivity but you have a discussion going on in the team that for instance people say uh, I would like to spend a certain percentage of my time on writing an article or doing a video or coaching other people. And then the team says, we think you are the most fitted person to have this weekly coaching role for junior uh, advisors. And then somebody gets this role and there is a kind of correction in the budget. Because if you spend 50% of your time coaching or educating other advisors, uh, you only have 50% of your budget and, and 50% of the revenues. And that totally works uh, fine. So there isn't, there isn't any problem with, uh, let's say, the, the whole role fit discussion is just solved in the team uh, uh, itself. The only thing is that it's say, we have a kind of homegrown culture. So the advisors mainly are very young and, and are educated in our own company and nobody has ever uh, been an advisor at the bank and, and done mortgage advice in banks but let's say on the back office where where let's say the, the stuff is uh, is checked before it's sent to the banks all the people have more than 10 years experience mm. so it's and there it also works pretty well so all those people have more than 10 years 10 years work of experience when they are new they enter and they already have worked in another company for more than 10 years but they also totally adapt to the culture and all the people we hired in the back office team and do the do the stuff before the the mortgages are sent to the bank they are they're all there so nobody ever left the company you you mentioned that you've really simplified your salary model um i'm curious how many different curves do you have so four or five Four or five. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. That's that's just a few. So there are four or five different curves, and you either fall in one category or the other. But if you work with roles in holacracy, couldn't it be the case that you have roles in a lot of different areas? I mean, I've, I've seen the amount of roles that um, yeah, uh, people we, have at, at Fiji, and yeah, I'm, but I'm most, just curious. Yeah, but most people just work, let's say, in one team or in one circle. Mm. So there are some people who have, let's say, roles in different teams. But if you say we have 40 people with 20 advisors, 20 advisors are mainly in the, ad, in, the, in the circle for advisors. And then we have four people who do the back office work before the mortgage are sent to the banks and they are doing this kind of work. Would you still see this model uh, work when you grow to a certain size, when there's maybe more added comp complexity to your organization, if you have more different types of, of roles and um, responsibilities? 
No, I don't think so. Because let's say if you take a big company like Unilever and you have a marketing department, perhaps you have 50 different brands and they all have a marketing department and you all have a marketing curve. And then you have a junior marketeer who comes from university and is 25 and will have a certain salary. And somebody who has done, uh, let's say, has experience of 20 years and five different brands uh, will be 20 years uh, uh, on, the, on the same salary curve. But it's, 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 it's not so exotic as people sometimes think. So in the past, this was the normal model. So we didn't have bonuses. That's something which is since the 80s. So in the past, and you still have it, for instance, in hospitals, or if you become teacher, or it doesn't matter, if you work for state, the normal thing is that you enter, you enter this, let's say, um, yeah, or you, you start at a certain curve, uh, for instance, if you are a doctor, and then, and then, for instance, we, to we took as an example, one of the examples we took was the university hospital in Amsterdam. And then, you, and then they, have, do they do exactly the same. And they just know, okay, when, when I have so much experience, uh, then, then I will earn uh, this. But there's also a lot of research done on this. For instance, uh, Wawu, Kilian Wawu, he's uh, pretty known in the Netherlands about this topic. Uh, he got a research uh, question from uh, the Dutch government if it would make sense to, to implement bonuses for teachers. And it's a very interesting, and you can just find it online in Dutch if you Google it. And then the teacher said, no, we don't want this because it would harm our culture in the school. Wow. We don't want it. Yeah. Which I can imagine. I, I, because, in, yeah, in and I way. think everybody yeah. can understand this immediately. Um, so so they, didn't, they didn't do this, but what did the teachers want? They said, those teachers where everybody knows that they don't behave well or they, they enter, I don't know, uh, uh, the showers when, when the girls just had their, um, I don't know, uh, what is it, gymnastic? I don't know the word gym for it, the sports, uh, gym class, etc. Uh, and you have in every school, you have one or two of those. They should be taken out of the school. And that's exactly the same. So there is an enormous willingness. Also, for instance, if, if people are willing to, to, to do their part in a team, but for instance, if for certain reasons, if they have, let's say, private problems or have a little bit sick, or if their parents uh, just, uh, I don't know, died or something like this, there would be an enormous willingness of team members to support this. Mm. But where, where, where people really want that is acted on is if you have cultural thing. So if you have people who on the one hand really do the work and you have the impression that other people, let's say, don't, don't do their part. And then holacracy is excellent because if you have a daily tactical, you can just say, okay, okay I need this from you, eh, from my role, that's my tension. And then if somebody doesn't deliver this and this tension comes back, all the time, then you will have a discussion about role fit. Mm. And then in the end, if it's not solved by role fit, then this whole peer pressure will grow. And then people just notice. And that's the kind of tension you can't handle. So, and that's also no, something which is known from research that the highest pressure is team pressure. If you're not accepted by the group of people you work with every day, that's unbearable. It's not something you can stand for a long time. So those people, most of the time, and it 
but it's a very normal process and, and, and you don't have a, r a real discussion on this. If we would just consider that people would like to go to work because they like their work, if they don't like it, then, then they will discuss this themselves and say, I'm, I'm not quite sure if uh, this is the right company. So we have a very strong culture. So people enter the company, they find out if they like it. Most people like it. If they don't like it, you, you, have, a, you have a discussion. And then people say, mm, I'm not quite sure. I think I have to move on. Uh, but it's, it, it, it's not a problem. It's, not, it's only a problem if, 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 if somebody is in a company for a very long time. And then you have to start to discuss or didn't discuss the topics. But, but I think Holacracy solved this very, very well because also the role is split from the person. So we didn't have a big, uh, big issue with that. You did mention that um, this worked partly because you started this transparent model when you were just with a few people, with 20 yeah. people. Um, for organizations that are well beyond that size, do you think it still makes sense to, um, I don't know, start considering a transparent salary model? Is yeah. it possible? Um, where should they start? Um, uh, first to answer, yes, I think uh, it doesn't matter how big the company is. Uh, second answer is yes, I would put it immediately on the agenda. The funny thing is that since we started to talk about, we get a lot of companies who approach us and say, can you please help us? So there is a need, and not only for uh, for organizations who are, uh, let's say, self self-organizing companies, uh, where where you could say, okay, you don't have functions, so how do you solve this? But I think also in very old-fashioned companies with with other type of structures, um, why wouldn't you make it transparent? Because if you make it transparent, or are not willing to make it transparent, it means that there is a lot of tension. So if you're if you say, no, we can't make it transparent, there are a lot of differences in those salary models, which, let's say, people know that they are not appropriate. And then we would say, we would take it as an action, let's try to solve it and, 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 and talk about it. And then it's, it's more or less the same process. You can do exactly the same, put all the salaries in the model, have a look on what those people do. And then you can, for instance, say, if people are above those curves, you can discuss this openly. You can do exactly the same process. And the speed dates, what do you think about your own salary? Perhaps that people say I earn too much or uh, I don't earn enough. You have exactly the same. Then you can open it up. And then you could, for instance, say you are two years above the curve. Your salary won't be raised the next two or three years. And for another person, you would say, okay, we will we'll adjust this salary the next two or three years. And then at a certain point, all those people will be on those salary curves again. Uh, it's totally open. Everybody knows from each other what, what salaries are earned. And, and if you have the impression or people have the impression that it's not correct, then I think it's very healthy that these tensions are put on the agenda and discussed. So I don't see any reason why you couldn't uh, do this in, in, in big companies. I think that's a beautiful notion to round up this podcast with. Um, it's so interesting, this whole topic. Um, I hope uh, you all enjoyed listening as well. Thank you, Tom, so much for uh, taking the time uh, to talk to me on this podcast. And um, yeah, we'll hope to, uh, to see you back someday. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. That's it for this week's podcast. 
thank you for listening and I hope you'll be back next week. Bye.